This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Monday, the month of March 2019, and today's show, we discuss the fans' long-awaited return to Bloomfield Road, the South End and Accrington Games, Media reaction to Blackpool FC, the EFL again, and an exclusive Q&A session with newly appointed board member, HRH, Tim Folding, Tim Fielding, sorry, for an insight into the current goings on in the boardroom at Blackpool. Uh, I'm John Aspinall and this is Seasiders Podcast, episode 128, Blackpool are back. Uh, good evening, all you Blackpool fans out there. Uh, welcome on... It's done it again. Welcome to everyone on the YouTube channel. <laughs> Where's that bloody loop again? It keeps going off. It's not... Right, loop off. Yeah, welcome to everyone on YouTube. Um, first time we're going live, just cranking my head. You can't see me. I'll just wave my hand. Um, I think we've got about... Ooh, 37 in the room. No pressure, lads. No pressure, Matt. Good evening, Matt. Great to have you back again. Good evening. Nice to be here in front of nearly as many fans as there were on... Saturday, I can't remember what day of the week we <laughs> uh, Good evening, Nick. Do you want to just stick your head into shot there? Just I think there he is, yeah. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> good evening from me. Um, the best-looking member of the team, I thought I'd take myself out of shot, so not to make the others jealous. And um, finally, we're in the presence of royalty this evening. <laughs> Sir Tom Folding. <laughs> Uh, oh, Tim, it's great, it's fabulous to have you back in a, a new good, capacity. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's been I'll, have, I'll have to apologise to the viewers in advance, as you can probably hear, I'm suffering a bit, so uh, if I start a coughing spit, just uh, just take well, over. Have you been quaffing too many uh, prawn sandwiches and uh, champagnes up I in the I haven't probably. seen a prawn sandwich yet, I haven't seen any food yet, personally, but... What, not even any out-of-date LucasAid? I oh, know, that, that's gone missing in action. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yep, yeah, Tim, great to have you back. Um, good to have the old gang back together. Um, right, should we just kick off things with... Um, it's, it, we're going to do a quick Q&A with Tim first. Um, Nick, so, as you've got the best voice, I'm going to let you to... Thanks. 
You're welcome. Just thought I'd big you up for a minute. Matt right. with a bad voice, but he can't see it on the screen. <laughs> I could have warned me. I can't even look at any of the questions. Put Pull it over, Nick. Right. On. You've got hands, haven't you? The first yeah. and most important question on our lips. Mm. Can you get some free tickets? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a free ticket myself. I paid for mine. So, um, I bet uh, you've had a few texts, haven't you, on that? Uh, actually, no, but no, I haven't actually had one person. Actually, no, tell a lie. My sister, who's not been to a game since 1984 <laughs> when we played Man City, um, she uh, she contacted me and said, uh, can I have two tickets, bro, with a wink? <laughs> and I thought, no, because I've bought mine. <laughs> and we need the money. Quite right, too. I mean, yeah. joking aside, everyone should be paid for the tickets anyway, of course shouldn't they? they? Sure, yeah. 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 We don't big budget. Right, um, <laughs> so to put you on the stop spot here, Tim, I, oh, no, that's what I don't know why you. I've put this Q&A on the... Uh, first on the agenda we should have talked about something else really um, but yeah anyway go on Matt uh, sorry Nick so next up we've got who approached you to get involved in being part of the new board at Blackpool Football Club right so um, obviously I think everybody knows that I've had reasonably close links with Latvia uh, to be honest they never said anything the, the first indication we got that there'll be somebody coming onto the board um, from a fan's angle was actually when we were in court in London on the 13th of Feb and uh, as part of everything that was being said at the time, um, obviously it was a heavily contested application and it was a bit borderline at one point. And the um, the judge asked for a bit of clarification as to what the receiver's intentions were when he came in. Uh, and amongst other things, he said that the intention was to have fan representation on the board. So obviously we all sort of, you know, ears pricked up a bit. Um, nothing specific was said at that stage. And then um, I think it was about two or three days later, um, Paul Cooper asked for a meeting with Christine and I, uh, which was the following Monday. And um, uh, from that point, it, it was it was in essence there was, there was a discussion between Christine and myself, and we decided that um, essentially it was better if I did it uh, for on a couple of um, bases. But most importantly, it allowed her to maintain her independence mm. as the chair. I think she'd have had to stand down if she was going to consider doing it. Um, and uh, we all know our great front, front mm. of how she is for BST. Mm. And I think everybody would have been reluctant for that to happen. So um, I, uh, I got, I got, I got the, uh, the the job. So um, we we agreed it between us. In fact, it was her suggestion uh, that that you know I I, I went forward with it, and uh, we met with Paul Cooper and agreed that that was what we we would do. Um, one of the things we specifically asked for uh, when we met with him that was a non-voting role. Mm-hmm. We felt that uh, that would be that could be a little bit too divisive um, on a practical level. Um, I'm not sure how much difference it makes anyway because uh, what we say. Right, so just to interrupt him, um, the live stream. <laughs> oh dear, because that cable got pulled out. They've missed that question. So okay, well, could just very briefly just yeah, we'll, say we'll, that answer again. Yeah, we'll do it again. So basically, um, the first. No, so the, the question was, how did you get approached, Tim, yeah. for the? So we're in, we're in London, um, uh, it was just in the early afternoon, um, the judge was seeking clarification uh, from um, uh, Clifford Chance as to what the receiver's intentions were, and as part of what he said um, in, his, uh, in the additional evidence that was given, was that it was the intention to introduce a fan representative onto the board um, during the interim period when he was in control, so... We'd had no real prior indication of that and sort of all looked up and, and obviously it's something we've sought actively over an extended period of time. 
Um, so following on <clears throat> from that, we had an approach from Paul Cooper. We hadn't met him previously, but we, we were introduced to him after the hearing. And he contacted Christine and I and asked for a meeting, uh, essentially to agree who, who it was going to be. And uh, between Christine and I, we decided that it was best if she maintained her independence uh, as chair of the trust, um, and that therefore I would go forward and um, and be the representative that uh, that Paul sought. So we met with him. We agreed what was to happen. It was then a case of wait and see. And uh, obviously, the call came two weeks ago today. Uh, get yourself down to the football club, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah, absolutely. So day to day, then, what are your responsibilities? Obviously, you've still got your other job yep. to do. So. Well, I pro- once was Christian and I had uh, agreed between us what was to happen, I approached the directors and sort of made them aware of this opportunity had come up because I had to have their agreement to do it. And Paul had already said, look, he, he foresaw um, a quite a heavy involvement in the first two weeks uh, and that from then things would start to settle down. Um, obviously, as we all know, Blackpool has been running a shoestring for a mm. long time. And uh, if we, we were going into what was effectively a distressed situation, so... What I mean by that is normally when you take over a company, there's a proper handover. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this scenario, um, there wasn't. Um, and uh, it was effectively, you know, you're walking in on day one. You, you don't know the staff. You don't know the figures. You don't know um, effectively how to do anything. Um, so it, we had a very, very steep learning curve uh, by we. I mean, I'm talking Ben, Mike, uh, Ian and myself. Uh, just to get a grasp of what was going on. And we've all got different skill, skill sets. So hopefully between us, um, uh, and with a lot of help from uh, some very supportive staff, um, we've, um, we, we've, I think we delivered what we needed to deliver for that first home game. I'm just very, very glad we weren't at home Saturday before because that would have been yeah, horrendous. A bit too tight. It would yeah. have been too tight. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if you think you're coming in, I mean, it's all right coping with a crowd of 2,000, 3,000 with a few away fans. But to, to, to go from that to the biggest home attendance that we've had for 42 years, um, stress tested everything we did to the nth mm. degree. I mean, uh, and, you know, everything, things weren't perfect, as no doubt people might um, put to me. But, you know, I think all in all, we did a very good job. We, we did, we, did we, we, co- we, we catered for over 500 in hospitality. Um, we had the packed ground. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it was in a real party atmosphere from start to finish, and uh, it was yeah. a very, very special day. Oh, it was a day. I totally agree. And like you say, there's always going to be the odd hiccup, isn't there? But there's so much to sort out in a short space of time. You, you can't get everything right in that. No, in I mean, that there's, almost, there's almost like a priority list. I mean, we, yeah. we go in and the hospital, bear in mind, I'll give you an example, because I took a couple of jobs on. Uh, one, one was, I want to get that screen working. Um, it's not perfect. Um, and and we've, you'll see, I'm not going to spoil it, but you're going to see um, different provision in relation to that in the in coming coming matches mm. um, starting tomorrow. Um, uh, but we wanted to get it working because it was symbolic. But the, basically, it's nine years old. It, I don't think it was new technology when it came in, and um, it's it's been left to go to rack and ruin. So it was a real task just to get what we got on, which was two thirds of the screen with the score and the timer on. But it, I felt it was quite important. There's a symbolic point. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get the Oyston signage down, which we did. Yeah. Obviously, that was like the Berlin Wall coming down. That was, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Or Saddam Hussein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hitting it with slippers. You should have, should have, like, sold tickets for that. You'd made a load of money, wouldn't you? Get some popcorn in. And the, and we wanted new card <laughs> machines that, that took Apple Pay and everything, which we got in. 
famously, obviously, Mr. Pilly's car scene outside the stadium. Yeah. Took too much uh, consternation. Tongues wagging. It certainly did. Uh, it's probably been a bit <laughs> mischievous. Who knows? And uh, and we also um, hospitality. You know, we they were co- they were catering from hospitality out of one kitchen. The other kitchens weren't fit for purpose. Mm. So we had to get those up and running. What do you mean exactly by not fit for purpose, Tim? Well, they hadn't be, they, they've just been left for, for quite a long period of time. And obviously, hygiene's of the utmost importance when you're catering. Mm. And you couldn't walk in there and use them. Is this for corporate? You're corporate, talking about? yeah. So really? We, so we had to we had a standing start. So we had one, one kitchen that was usable. The others weren't. So we had to get people What, what in. sort of estate were they in, just to uh, illustrate? They, they weren't good, let's put it that way. You know, it was, it was, they were in a very, what, very dead mice, state. rats hanging around? Well, maybe not quite that, but they were, <laughs> we, we, that's why corporate sales went on, to, um, only went up on Monday, because we had to be certain that we could actually deliver it. Mm. Um, we had to get Rollies back in, of course, they left in last November. Uh, thankfully, I think if they hadn't been prepared to come back in, uh, then we'd have probably have had to sack it off for the first game, and 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 because I think we'd have struggled to get a new provider to deliver yeah. what we needed to deliver. But great the, work from Andy Grice as well. Massive. I mean, there was a big sale. Him, him and him and Rob, uh, who's the commercial manager there, worked really, really well together over the course of the week. And um, you know, as I said, we had three hundred plus in the lounge. We had a packed uh, nineteen fifty three suite, and every box was sold. So that's been a long time, oh, a long God, time a long since time, that was the case. Yeah. And every, and. I think we had one complaint all day that the uh, from somebody who didn't like their veg al dente, and that was the sum total of the complaints we had <laughs> yeah. in the lounge. So, well, that's great, isn't it? So yeah, that, that's, that's all you've got to. Yeah, then, then it's fantastic, it's a result, and it's yeah. a great, great testament, you know, to everybody coming together, both from on the board, then Andy and Rob, uh, the hospitality uh, manager. Uh, and uh, right, then right down to Rollies and all the stuff that they brought in. It was just a good team effort and. It was um, my, my directors took a table up there and um, uh, show a bit of support, and, and they they were they were very very pleased. The, the people in the box were pleased. Yeah. So that 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 type of thing, whilst it's not what most of us do, and despite uh, suggestions to the contrary, not something I do very often, uh, is it is important because <laughs> it's a reven- it's a massive revenue generator. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I did I had to sing, no, not literally sing, but you know, I had to do, had to do my bit in there, but I didn't yeah. even get a meal out of it. You know, it wasn't about that for me. I yeah, wanted to no, be out no. there on the, yeah. uh, with everybody else. And I was out there with my son and uh, my dad, who cleaned seats for two days and, uh, yeah. and his, and his, and his uh, good lady. Um, so, um, but from, from my point of view, it was, it's important that because the, the people who are in the hospitality are the ones that are going to sponsor the club, mm. the ones that are going to put that extra little bit of revenue in that we need yeah. um, on top of the season ticket money. So yeah. um, it's uh, they, they were just a couple of jobs I took on, but that took up a lot of my time. So getting yeah. back to the original question, um, I had to take some, so I've had to take some time off work. I've had to work weekends. I've worked Saturday, last Saturdays and Sunday for the last two weeks on my day job. Yeah, uh, This Sunday on my day job. And uh, just trying to mix it around a bit, but I, I will have to get my equilibrium back. I think. Yeah, uh, you're a Superman, Tim. Should come on with I a just cape. Don't, on. I just don't sleep. <laughs> Do you think this this will, you know, just be interim until? they get a buyer or do you, do you think this might you know your role might continue with new owners or there may be some sort of fan representation going forward i like to think so i mean um the bst members have voted for um a small minority share if they're in their ideal world and representation on the board whether it would be me or whether <clears throat> if a new owner comes in and they're prepared to consider uh, fan representation that they that it goes up for election or something like that. I don't know. This is this is why I mean the receiver hasn't got time to mess around putting a vote out there as to no. who it is. So um, he approached 
he said he approached us and it is an interim appointment. I mean, it's expected to end over the summer. Yeah. What happens beyond that will be depend on a whole variety of factors, but most mm. importantly, the uh, the thought process of the next owner of the Blackpool Football Club. Yeah. Well, my view is why wouldn't you have a fan, mm, mm. At, least, at least one fan who you listen to on a regular basis, whether you do it in the boardroom or whether you do it through um, interaction with fans in other ways, up to the individual. Um, just to paraphrase you, Tim, a phrase you used to use, uh, a delicious irony. Yes. Um, uh, it, it, how did Andy Grice get involved? Um, I think the, the delicious irony being that yourself and him, obviously, you were victims of you-know-who. Um, I just I love the delicious irony of the fact that Andy's also in his position, yeah. um, helping bring punters in and yourself. So it's, it's absolutely great. Well, we, we were we were we were going from a standing start, and you know um, I think Rob will be the first to say he's had a difficult job in the seven months yeah. since he came in, and he needs to build his um, network up with with the likes of us who've been who've been boycotting. So first thing I do the first day with him is go through my phone and say, <laughs> ring this one, ring yeah, this yeah. one, ring this one. Yeah. That's literally what I did. Um, uh, Steve Sharp came in with his own list as well, and that gave it that gave him a start. And then I just because I knew it was going to be busy, and we only had that five day window to sell. So uh, Andy had said he could get a little bit of a sabbatical from his day job, uh, yeah. and uh, and so I I put it to Ben and uh, and to Michael and to Ian that perhaps uh, Rob needed some help. Rob was happy to have the help. So Andy came in and they've extended it until after Doncaster and then we'll have to see what happens from there. But most certainly, um, he's he's sold well. They both sold well. And as we've seen from the fact that we packed the place out, but mm. we, we need that we need that revenue. We need those revenue streams. And it's not just hospitality. It's the boards. It's the match sponsors. It's the match ball sponsors. It's the sock tie sponsors. It's the whole shebang that we need to, uh, we need to focus on because, you know, we've got to demonstrate to the EFL that we're self-sufficient and I think that's going to factor into the points deduction. Right. Okay, Nick. So what are your first impressions of, of the new board? Now have a, you've have a drink been in there for a few days. I think I might need one. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it gives good balance. I mean, um, uh, dealing with the non-exec directors, obviously, myself, I've got a legal background, I've obviously, which I think is useful. Um, and uh, secondly, so I'm, I'm also, I like to think I'm a problem solver in my job. So um, that they're the skill sets I bring, plus who I know, um, uh, my interaction with the various fans groups, and not just BST. You know, I've got a good relationship with the Muckers. Um, you know, I, I know I know the uh, committee members at BSA, um, and um, you know, obviously the TKs very well. So when we look, when we look at the, the different fans groups, uh, I'm able to pick the phone up to them all and speak to them, give a little bit of feedback to the boards as to how I think the dynamics work between the different groups. Um, Ian's a finance guy, um, uh, predominantly. Mm. Uh, so he, he brings a good head around the table for figures. And then you've got Ben, um, and, uh, and, and Mike, who've, who've obviously been involved in, in Man United and, and clubs in Europe, both of them. And, and they bring, they bring their skill sets in, which is, you know, the level of skill sets we've probably not seen at Blackpool Football Club mm. for a very, very long time. Um, they are football men through and through, and they've spent the whole careers in the game. Um, and I think that com- you, even the short space of time they've been in there as a fan, it, things like the communication, it, yeah. it's so different to what we've been used to, and it's so refreshing. And it's probably normal at a lot of clubs, but because we've not had it's it, weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it's just so refreshing. Yeah. You know that they're putting stuff out there, keeping you informed with what's going on. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's a start. We have we said we've had we've been with the communication that you've seen has come. At, 
um, uh, at a time when we are under massive pressure as well. Mm. We, hopefully those pressures will start to relieve because, you know, um, Ben and Michael are getting to know Blackpool a lot more after two weeks. Mm. Um, you know, Ian and I um, uh, 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 are there to support them and they'll start bringing additional members of staff in uh, over the next uh, week, two weeks, three weeks, which will hopefully make, make start making things a little bit smoother as, as the way things happen. But on the communication side, like on social media, for instance, you know, Stuart, who does social media at Blackpool, um, he's had the most difficult job in, 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 in media, football media probably mm. over the last two or three years because constantly being hit by negatives, negatives, negatives must be very demoralising. Mm, yeah. mm. And he's, you know, you can see by his, uh, by his social well, media every, output. Every time a, a statement, you know, there'd, there'd be, Everything at the time something came out, all you'd see was comments saying "not a penny more, not a penny more." Yeah. There, was, there was very little about what was going on at you know the football club or the team or anything. It's like, like the that. equivalent of being a cold caller, isn't it? It you're is. Just, yeah. you're, you're just <laughs> dealing with you're dealing with negative, negative, negative yeah. all day, and all of a sudden, it, it literally. I saw his face. He put his first communication out, yeah. and it and it got. I've forgotten how many retweets, but there was hundreds of retweets yeah. of it. And you, you know, you could just see it's like a big millstone go off your yeah, shoulders. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's been a much better place to work. Oh, goodness me! Well, that, that, that's a lot. A lot of the feedback we've had is is that is that that you know that is the case. And and until they've all pulled the stops out. I mean, the ticket office. You know, they've been sent over open until seven thirty. But what people don't realise is when they shut the doors at seven thirty, they then start on the ringbacks and they're leaving at half ten, eleven o'clock at night. We did shut on Wednesday, but to be honest, we, w- we wouldn't have shut on Wednesday, but for the fact that the um, season ticket machine had broken after not being serviced for however long. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I and um, did it, did it? <laughs> so we, we, and then the, it, was, it was our decision to say, look, Sarah, short, focus on getting those second tickets out to those who mm. were expecting the season ticket cards um, and, 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 and breathe, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they're there. It won't surprise me if they're there. They'll be there now. Yeah, um, doing ringbacks because it's. I, I imagine it was skeleton staff, wasn't it? Oh, massively so. I mean, um, the, the ticket office is better staffed on a, on the Saturday of a game because the, the, the part time staff come in. But you've got to know how to work the the the, uh, the ticketing system. Mm. You can't just throw people onto onto the ticketing system without knowing what they're doing. They've got to be properly trained. But the people who train them haven't got the time to train them. So this is where BST were a great help because they came in and operated a cash desk where just a load of tickets were printed off for one block and you could just come in and buy the ticket and yeah. uh, and as long as you had cash and it, and it just took pressure off all mm. that time. So, uh, but all the way through the club, we, we, I can say that, we, you know, we, everybody's been prepared to go that extra mile. Uh, and, um, you know, we've seen with the volunteers that have come in. Yeah. I mean, that was a Herculean effort by them because the... the, the I can't tell people. I mean, I know that, um, Lee put some uh, video blogs out, didn't he? Mm. Uh, but I can't tell people how dirty those seats were and how much how much pigeon mess there was. Not just what, on the what, seats, but also on the feet on your, where your feet. Was it throughout there. the stadium that then, or is it one uh, of one particular? It, stand? it was. It was more prevalent where there was less footfall, uh, and particularly in that south east corner. Um, uh, where the where the end of the north, uh, so the end of the south stand is. A lot of the pigeons congregate there and come under the stand at that point, and apparently, you know, that's where they do the mess. Um, but it, but I, 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 I've got to say, I didn't actually do it. Um, I just didn't have time. Otherwise, I would have done. But you know, they, they all turned up. It was like a little bit of a a, a blitz spirit, mm. um, and uh, they all, you know, they, they all came in, had lunch in rollers every day, smiles on the faces, uh, and uh, it was great to see. But, and they were then again again on Sunday cleaning the stadium for t- tomorrow night, um, filled forty odd bags full of rubbish. 
which, you know, that's not something that probably needs to go on forever, but it's a great, it just takes the pressure off mm. the rest of the staff when they are, they are at a skeleton levels at the moment. And uh, I, I think it's been very well received by the board and by the, the staff members who've otherwise would have been stuck with all those additional duties to do. Mm. Have you seen anything of the players or the manager or seen any kind of reaction there or? Yeah, the first, uh, the first day, um, uh, um, Ben, I and Ian went to, um, went down and met them in the uh, changing rooms and all introduced ourselves to them. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, there's all the uncertainty on that first day. What is a receiver? Why are we here? Are we going to get paid? Um, all those things are, are naturally going to be going through their heads. Um, but, you know, I think we reassured them and I, I spoke just from a fan's perspective and said, look, you know, there's probably only Phil Horner and Nathan or Fonzo in the, in the room who's, who've seen Blackpool's stadium as it should be and you're all going to see it a week on Saturday and and I think, well, it was I think it was beyond expectations as oh, to what was, they saw. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we had that, but then quite often they're up in um, Rollies having something to eat when, because uh, we, we've sort of, I think it's going to change next week, but we've used Rollies as the base because you want to be visible. Mm. And if you're, you're stuck away in an office somewhere, nobody sees you. And I think it's important in those early days that, that, we, that we were about, we were seen, and people could come in and, and find us. And then, of course, the players would come in there. Terry's been brilliant, as we saw. I mean, he was brilliant when he came to the BST meeting, but he, he's, he's been very, very supportive. He's clearly thriving on, 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 the, on the electricity that's going around the club. Uh, and, um, you know, the players would come up and, you know, high five, you shake your hand or whatever. Uh, they're not just going and sitting in the corner and eating the food. They're, they're interacting with the fans who are in there. Because quite often they come in when the uh, the volunteers are in as well, uh, having their lunch. And um, uh, but they were, quite a few players have always come up to me and just said hello. Out, you know, uh, when they when they come into the room. So uh, it's been great. It's probably nice for them to actually see people in the club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people with it, people have actually got smiles on their faces all the way around. And it, you know, and and. Um, I think I think there's just uh, you know a, a, a real good spirit and and that 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 hopefully transfers to them. Mm. Might not have done the first game at Oxford, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, but the the um, you know I think I think when when we go, we go to Accrington, then you know we're seeing that they're they're actually able to lift the game a bit when they need to mm. um, with 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 the support they're getting. But this it starts in the club and then it and then it finds its way through to the terrace. Have the new ball been to Squires Gate yet? <laughs> <coughs> yes, they have. I don't, yeah. Uh, well, I, I haven't been up. Um, what is it now? Is it just a field? Is that all it yeah, is? Yeah, well, the, the buildings that were where, where, when we used to have the School of Excellence sign. <laughs> um, a, little, a little known fact, but that, that photograph was taken by Casper's Varpins, of all people. Was it? Yeah, was it, it was. <laughs> and then uh, I, I said, oh, that's a good picture. Send that because it has the dustbin in the corner. Did he well. know it was misspelt? The, the, yeah, well, the like, irony of a, fo- a foreigner yeah, even no. noticing the spelling. Well, I, I, I told him he was there taking pictures, <laughs> and that, that was the first time I'd spotted it was misspelled. I think it was in 2014. So I said, "Oh, send me that picture." So I sent. So I used it, and then obviously it got used quite a bit beyond that in all the newspapers and things. But um, it was um, obviously at that stage there was these prefab buildings and bit, bit higgledy piggledy and, and in very poor condition. But they, and a lot of them were full of rubbish, like loads of chairs and tables and stuff. Um, but at least there's somewhere to shelter out the cold. Um, now there's nothing. It's just a, uh, an open area. Did you read that thing in the was it the paper about uh, there's a portaloo there and it fell on Mark Cullen's car? Yeah, that? I read that. Yeah, <laughs> ter- ter- and Terry couldn't, Terry was giving a um, some form of team talk or tactical talk to the players. They were all facing the car and he had his back to it, and uh, and they're all they're all like. 
obviously start. I don't. I don't. But they were laughing or what or giggling. And he turned. He said he turned rounds and said this portal. These are quite windy, and the portal loose fallen over onto uh, onto Mark's car. So um, I what sort of car it was. I don't know. I didn't get. I didn't get that that much information. But it's a it's a great story. It's like it? a three wheeled van. He wouldn't have been that bothered. But if it's like a brand new uh, great nose. great story. It's one of the, It's one. It's one for the archives. That isn't yeah. it. I mean, looking further down the road, is there no, there's obviously no plans to redevelop that. I wouldn't have thought that's a job for the interim board, was it? Or is it? I, th- I think it's unlikely. I mean, yeah. I think I th- um, we've we've. I mean, the the players and the management seem to like Squaresgate because the quality of the pitches, which um, surprised me a little, but they, they seem reasonably happy with that. Um, but I think you know, it, it, it's a short term solution. Obviously, as the weather gets better, it's going to get easier to use but obviously in the middle of winter and when you've got very windy conditions I, I can only guess how bad it is down there are they still getting changed at the club like having a shower there to- yeah they'll, they'll come they'll come back some of them I think come ready to in the, in the kit it's, it's, but it's a bit it's amateurish isn't it oh yeah like getting mud all over your car one thing wouldn't it <clears throat> and we want, we, we've got it we've got to get to the point where it's, it's professional now where that is obviously that Terry will have a big say in that and his, and his, and his, and his coaching staff will have a big say in that um, but we need to get to the point where they're getting the facilities that they deserve, whether that's renting somewhere in the short mm. term, or whether it's doing, making some form of temporary arrangement at Squires Gate, or whether we look at another solution. But I think that other solution has to be, as you say, for the new owner. I mean, it's not, it's not our brief. Our brief is to steady the ship and uh, prepare it for sale, mm. and, uh, and 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 that's what we're, that's what we're there to do. Um, what what happens after the sale is it will depend on that new owner. And, it's a shame. Uh, Pontins has been knocked down. They could have just nipped over there into the chalet <laughs> showers. Could, I know. Could have, could have rented eleven chalets. <laughs> There's a nice pool there and everything, wasn't there? I know you probably obviously can't go into detail on you know interested parties and stuff, but the mm. receiver sort of mentioned that there's potentially quite a lot of interest. Would any of them been there on Saturday or have seen anything so far? I don't. Or? I don't know. I mean the um, the, the Valeri. Had previously spoken about having a UK investor that he wanted to work with. Um, that individual wasn't there. Um, beyond that, um, I would say it's quite likely that there was one or more people who would be interested there. It's only natural, but mm. um, you're speculating as to who they might be. Um, the receivers had all that interest initially is to be registered with the receiver, not with us. Yeah. So if we do get any approaches, we've got to refer them on. So uh, at the moment. Um, I can say hand on heart, I'm none the wiser than anybody mm. else as to where this is likely to end up. But I'm, I'm envisaging that at some point the receiver's got to put up some form of prospectus together mm. and give a date for expressions of interest. Um, obviously, whoever it is has to pass the ODT, the, yeah. the owners and directors test. And they also have to satisfy the EFL if they knew it. I think this applies anyway, but most certainly if they're new into football, that they've got the finances to run it for 12 months. So right. it's not just simply a case of ticking a box no. ticket exercise, which it, it is to a certain degree with existing owners, mm. because of course they're already in there and, yeah. it's, and it, they, they have a self-certification document to fill in um, every year, as I've had to do. Uh, it's quite ironic that uh, with all, all the representations I've made... Um, <laughs> a another, delicious irony, if you will. Another delicious irony. <laughs> but uh, I got to fill in my, my form and... Um, uh, and Did you pass? Well, I'm assuming I do. <laughs> I better had it done. <laughs> but if, if anybody was there and sat, you know, you can't fail to, but to be impressed, can you, with the potential that's there? You oh, know, it, it was it was mm. just fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, our, our job is to try and 
harness that and keep mm. keep that going. I mean, it is difficult with Tuesday night games, um, but hopefully the the Blackpool pub, public will, you know, after this experience what they experienced on Saturday, will come back and want to try and recreate, recreate it as best they can. Yeah. I mean, the Muckers have got to take great credit um, for, for for the way that they've sort of commandeered the North because yeah. it has really created like a, a sort of an ultra's end. Yeah, and I've never I've, I've never seen in any game I've been to anywhere in the world, and I've been to quite a lot. Obviously, my German trips and everything. I've never seen a block go, keep uh, well, not just one block, but two or three blocks there mm. keep going like that in the way that they did. And they, they didn't even start where they got in the ground. They were they were doing it outside the Excelsior for. Two or three hours in the before, morning. Two or three hours before that. Yeah. So God knows what they're... I mean, I've, my voice is bad, but God knows what yeah. theirs were like after uh, after all that. I think they were well lubricated throughout. Well, they did, they did keep it lubricated, <laughs> yeah. I think, didn't they? Right, shall we give... Shall we, there's a couple more questions, Tim, but the more kind of in the future kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll give, we'll give you a bit of a break. Um, so we'll just move on to the actual um, outline of the show now. So um, Accrington away. Um, we'll come on whilst to come on to the big game shortly after that. But... Um, the first game of the new regime was Accrington away. Uh, obviously, I had to miss that as well because I was on holiday. But who who went there in this room? I did. I did. I did. Oh, you all went. There you go. So, um, Matt, do you want to describe the, the kind of the day there? Um, what was the atmosphere like? A party atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was good. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it was good. It was still a sense of a bit of surreal sort of Christ. We're going back to a football match. Um, after so many years, obviously, so it was good just to see people again and a few hugs and shaking hands and all that sort of carry on and and just almost get back into the swing of it pretty much straight away, really. Um, An open terrace as well, and that that obviously helps things. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, really. Sometimes you wish they had a roof over you, you know, because open terraces it's sort of the sound sort of can mm, dissipate a bit, can't yeah. it? You know, but. Um, it, it's still a, a you know a eighteen hundred following or there or thereabouts and pretty much it looked more than that as well didn't it? It did yeah it felt like it was more than that as well. Well, we there was a fair old queue outside wasn't long there? Time there was, to get in wasn't there? I think fifteen hundred tickets sold or something and there was a good I don't know maybe another four hundred outside at least I yeah, think and yeah. um, it was a what I call a proper old school game. It was mm, an old school game yeah. It's sort of um, on the pitch anyway. It was. Um, um, a bit of a warm up for Saturday because the pitch was as bad as ours, really, wasn't it? Mm. It was bobbling around all over the place. So we all we all knew that we weren't going to be watching top quality football that we last saw Blackpool play or pretty much last saw Blackpool play. Um, so there's a bit of a culture shock as far as that was concerned. But there's no doubt in the you know the full commitment of both teams. Actually, it was pretty blood and thunder. Really, there was lots of. Chunky challenge. I tell you what, Grandelay took some stick, didn't he? No, he, he, did. he was. He yeah. was. They, they, they obviously had him down yeah. as someone they needed to stop. That's right. And um, you know, the midfield was. Oh, honestly, it was. It was like Sunday morning at some some points. It was really um, quite vicious at times. But it was. Uh, it was. You know, blood and thunder, and probably what a, a derby should be in the old. Um, remind me the old, the old games at uh, Bury and Rochdale yeah, in the eighties. That's what yeah, it actually remind me of it. Yeah. yeah. So, and there was there was so many people out, and it's quite. I quite like. I know I banged on about fan zones in the past, but it was quite good to see a fan zone in practice mm. full of Blackpool fans because I thought the pre-match in there was brilliant. Yeah. What um, what exactly was this fan zone? It was basically a big marquee. Yeah. Um, right next to the stadium that had a, a bar at one end, a bottle bar at the other end, and then with access to a, a, a big catering van. Uh, and uh, somebody play music, and you could basically go up there and put requests on. So people were going up and 
<laughs> asking for Oasis and things like that. And the and, Nolans. And um, we got um, Neil sweet, Diamond on, Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Caroline, yeah. things like that. And, and it really, there, was, there was a really good party atmosphere. Remind me a little bit like we went to Peterborough, we went to yeah. the um, uh, uh, Charteris, is it called, down in the uh, the boat that was down by the river. And it was a little bit like that, but colder. I was, in a we- I was in a weird nightclub at Peterborough. It was like some weird nightclub. Okay. I was. Yeah, were you in there? That upstairs <laughs> one. <laughs> what, what, at yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. It was. It's I was quiet, in there. Really. It was odd. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, the Accrington game, obviously, was 2-1. Um, last minute. Well, last-ish minute. Yeah, we started off well. Obviously, oh. we, we scored, for, so it was a bit of a fairy tale start, you know, scoring after... Two minutes, was yeah, it? Yeah, a couple of minutes, or three or four or whatever. Um, and then they seemed to boss it after that for me. First half, I think midfield, were just, we just couldn't get to grips with them. No. They were spreading it out to both their full-backs. Yeah, and they, they, coming down the wings yeah. a lot. I mean, I had a fair... We'd, I'd been out all afternoon, <laughs> so it was a bit of a blur, but I remember thinking they're getting down the sides too easily. We, yeah. we just couldn't get a grip of we, it. We, we? we just seemed to be very narrow, whereas they were really expansive. Yeah. And you can see there's a game plan they're working to. Yeah. That, that lad who was coming down the left yeah. was just destroying us, it wasn't was one he? Of, yeah. And that's how they, the way their equaliser came from yeah. in the end. Yeah, that's right. And um, then, then, you know, he tweaked it in the in the second half, um, um, put, I think it was Evans, I'm still trying to get used to the names of the players, into more of a central role and um, it just seemed to work a lot better. So, um, second half, uh, unusually for an away fan, we actually saw most of the play in our we did, half. Yeah. So, you know, fair play to them for, you know, getting stuck in like that and you know obviously we got our just rewards in the end and um Jay Spearing banged it Jay down Spearing the middle banged it in and then obviously the pandemonium you know, beer bottle gate actually yeah yeah so what what was your thoughts on that uh, Nick give you well he he been getting a bit of stick there keeper hadn't he? which is always going to happen when you was it hard was it good natured stick or was yeah, it yeah well and then i think when the penalty was given he kind of he went over to his post and kind of stood and faced the fans didn't he I don't think he said anything but he was giving a bit of a look and he was getting a bit of grief and and then obviously the bottle's gone I didn't actually see him throw it back no, didn't, didn't realise what had happened I just saw the ref run up to him and give him a red card and we, were, I think we like, were scratching our heads yeah it wasn't yeah. until I got home and saw it on Sky Sports I realised what had happened I think it was the linesman wasn't it that, that saw mm. the offence and then he, he did sort of chuck it I, have you seen it on bit, YouTube? Over it was edge, kind of, you know, but I don't think, it yeah, he wasn't it launching wasn't, it at yeah, anybody yeah, in particular. It's just, it's just but, a general lobbing to the yeah, crowd, yeah. isn't it? It's a bit harsh. But, you know, rules is rules, unfortunately, <laughs> and if you've got an officious linesman and all the rest of it, he's going to get the red card out. Oh, Which, yeah. you know, it was harsh, because obviously, you know, passion and all the rest of it, and we'll go on to a little bit more more about that, what's happened this and, weekend. But And, of course, we saw the uh, the birth of that song. Which uh, we'd never heard. No, I don't before. know why you're looking at me, Tim. I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> you must be about the only person in Blackpool's not sung it. <laughs> right, so that nicely segues onto the, uh, the the big game on Saturday. Gutted. I was absolutely gutted. I could, I've, been, I've been searching flights and there was no way I could have done it. I could have got back. But um, so. You let's didn't start, miss much. <laughs> let's start with you then, Nick. So, yeah. what? You, I'm presuming you ended up at the Excelsior at what half ten, something like that. Well, you had to go early because I, mean, I did because my wife actually went to the game and she was getting picked up just after eleven. So she said, "Well, if I'm dropping you off, you're going to have to go early." So, well, what can you do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, few few beers uh, before the game, and it, it, again, the atmosphere was just. I've never seen anything like it, even. When we were in the Prem, I mean, outside the Excelsior, it ended up with the police either side of the road just to keep the road clear and get the traffic through. People were going in. Sheer the off numbers was absolutely 
pandemonium in there, sold out, people going down the road to Tesco to get carryouts. Uh, it was just an absolutely fantastic atmosphere, absolutely brilliant. All you just saw all the time was people hugging each other and, you know, renewing old friends. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And chips and stuff, and then everybody marched down to the ground at the same time. The traffic was just at a complete standstill. There was like 500 people in the road making their way to the ground. Uh, you've just never seen anything like it. Absolutely fantastic. There was the, the banner of um, one of the muckers holding the heads of KO. <laughs> yeah. the, and I went, Brilliant. It, it reminded me of... Uh, Bruce Dortmund that on the yellow wall, yeah, you know, where they yeah. they bring something up, and there's one that they bring up where they, I think he's got like um, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, I've lost that binoculars. Can't think of the word then. Yeah, uh, they have got yeah. binoculars up to up to his eyes, and um, it just reminded me of that type of thing where you know you create you, like a choreo- choreographed ultras thing before a match, but it's fantastic. Maybe that's something we could have at the, in the in the stadium going forward. I, I like the fact that there's banners now in actually in the stadium. Yeah, and I'd love to see various banners kind of just pinned up and just depends there's, how there's many new concrete. sponsors we get. Doesn't yeah, well, I, I just noticed there's quite a lot of concrete on the show in Bloomfield. I think it'd be fantastic if we get a lot of the um, yeah. per donkey artwork in banner form. It would, be, it would be good. I, I know um, I went to uh, FC United a couple of times. Again, really from see from the point of view of seeing how the fans. Uh, ran their own club and, have, and picked up a few ideas for bars and things like that from there. But they did that. They had one one particular side of the ground that hadn't been developed that was a, basically a big lump of concrete. And they, they literally covered it in all sorts of um, FC United-related mm. artwork. And it looked, it, looked, it looked really good. And I think, I think there's, a, there's a place for that in mm. the stadium, particularly in those areas. You know, the East probably isn't going to be open every game, or if it is, it's part of it. Great place to put a load of the... You know, we've got some rather iconic banners that we've picked up over the years, haven't mm. we? You know, that um, uh, that effectively uh, can be used, I think, and, and, and a home found for them. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good idea, that. So, um, right, uh, Matt, what's, what was your what was your uh, pre-match build-up to the game? I did go to the Excelsior, but I was sober that day because I had a prior engagement in the evening, right. so um, I had to be on my best behaviour. <laughs> um which no was story. no bad thing, really. I, I really enjoyed just the fact that, you know, you can obviously soak up the atmosphere sober as well and take it all in. And it was, uh, it, w- it was a really good atmosphere. We had friends who were coming down from North Shore, so they met at the tower and, and, and wandered back with what was apparently about 4,000 people coming from the town centre as well. Um, and then after that, we, we were walking away from the Excelsior about, it's probably about half one, something like that. And we were trying to get another drink. Well, they were trying to get another drink somewhere else. And we just couldn't get in anywhere, which... It's just unheard of. Yeah. Um, and obviously the number one isn't there anymore, unfortunately. Um, so you, you're limited. And the old bridge was still stubbornly only allowing away fans. <laughs> in, joking, though, was it? Yeah. Even though he was turning away dozens <laughs> of dozens of Blackpool fans. 
and I don't know how many Southend fans were in there, but you know, it, it doesn't matter on a day like that. There was there was no need for anyway. Uh, how much is the number one up for? I might buy it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it needs a bit of work doing, I would imagine. But uh, and then we just went in, straight into the ground, and, and because the the concourse we were in the north, and because the concourse is fairly small and tight, and all the rest of it, and uh, and the bars, it was it was jam packed at two o'clock. It was it was mental. I've never seen anything like it. Normally, it's just pretty quiet, and you can just wander around and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's spot on. Um, brilliant atmosphere underneath there, as as good as it was anywhere else that we've been prior to that. Really, mm. so. so wh- Tim, obviously, you, you're having a more involved... Slightly <laughs> different experience. <laughs> Not about you at half ten in the morning with the muckers getting bladdered, were you? Um, actually, uh, um, Ben went down and had a pint with them uh, in, in the Excelsior. Um, he went down, I think, about 12 o'clock yeah. and uh, met, up with, met up with the lads. Um, I didn't. I t- I, to be honest, I went in the ground quite early. I so- spoke to Ben the night before and said, look, you know, what time do you want me in? don't want to be under your feet. If you don't want me, I'll just do my own thing. But he said, nine o'clock. So I thought, right, I'll get myself up in there, and I just. But to be honest, things really started to come together on the day, and I end up like almost twiddling my thumbs a little bit. So uh, once hospitality opened, I did a lot of meet and greet up there, just tried to get to know people who were going, and uh, being like a finalist off The Apprentice doing the last task, weren't you? I know, <laughs> yeah, it was, and then uh, it was very much get fired. Like <laughs> and then and I, once everybody sat down to eat in the lounge, uh, me and my youngest Elliot went. Uh, down to beat my dad, who was doing the march. So we got onto the promenade, saw this wave of tangerine coming towards us. Cause I, to be honest, I thought there might be 2,000 on that march, and there was at least double that, I think, So, um, if, if not a few more. And uh, rather funnily, he'd, uh, he'd got there in time and nipped into Poundland, as you, as you do, uh, for, for, for something, come out and the march had gone and he never caught it up. <laughs> So, is he uh, still? Is he? Uh, is he quite fast on his feet, or has no, he got a no, walking stick to anything? Did he? Not, not quite walking sticks, <laughs> but there's no way he was catching that march. Or let's put it that way. So that was that was me and Elliot giggling because um, he'd made a big point. To be fair to me, he'd done two days. Uh, he'd done two days washing seats. So um, oh, I said, right. Like, he says, I'm going on. The, he's not really a Blackpool fan either, so um, uh, more of a Liverpool fan. So I was a bit surprised. And he said, oh, I'm doing the march as well. So I thought, I've got to have to go and meet him if he's doing it. Sounds like he's been converted. I never saw him. I never saw him. <laughs> so, uh, but it was a, there was a tremendous spirit. I, I said, I'm, I'm kicking myself. I didn't nip down to the Excelsior before the game. But um, there was a tremendous spirit in the march as well. And, and then I went back in and, and basically, I wanted to be beseeched quite early. Where were you sat? Uh, I actually, I was, I originally. Was it no in seat? No, no. I've Again, st- another delicious irony. I've stayed held to the director's box. I actually ended up in M Block, um, met only because I was doing a bit of stuff upstairs, so I didn't want to. Be- I actually had seats in the east uh, with with all this big group of us in there, but um, I ended up swapping them mainly because you'd have to. I didn't know I was going to get to the other side of the stadium and back again when I needed to, so um, ended up on M Block. But I'm back in the south stand on Tuesday night, well tomorrow night. So uh, that's that where my my original home. So- I was kicked out of M Block after the Premier League season, so um, can I can I have my old seat back? Were you in, were you in there? Or yeah, you, did you lose it to the Fifty Three Club? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they gave me the option of buying it back for six hundred quid for like <laughs> a loaf of bread, a piece of <laughs> a slice of bread, and a cup of tea at half time. Like, no. so, nah, you're all right. 
It is. Quite, they are quite good seats there, aren't they? Yeah, you see, I was in yeah. there for years with, you, through Jim's company. Yeah, yeah, it yeah is you a, see a lot of what's going on and, and all the because that the um the the, the the lad who scored as we'll come to you know, the lad who scored the own goal when they were still deciding whether they were going to kick off again. He was in the tunnel kicking the wall because he was that he was that, he was that frustrated with himself. It was quite amusing to you watch. Should have said to him, um, "That's what you should have done instead of heading it." <laughs> he was not impressed. I don't think his teammates were too either as well. I mean. We got the weather, I noticed, on the march, because I did look at the forecast, and I was a bit, mm, God. It was horrendous. Well, morning, it was a bit it? of everything, though. Yeah. There was there was hail at one point, mm. it was uh, windy, sunshine the next. I don't know if you saw on the um, one of the TV features I saw, I can't remember if it was the EFL programme or one of the news items, you could see the waves crashing over the prom. It looked, And while the march was going past, it looked absolutely, towering in the background, it looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. We, then, we normally get um, Carl weathered over. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Carl doing his, doing his rain <laughs> dance. <laughs> the, co- the coffin, coffin washout. Oh. I remember one of, the, yeah, one of them. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. Well, that, that was the it? one where I, I saw the forecast and, uh, because I'd had, it, I'd had this great idea because I, I, was, I was going to borrow um, a coffin off Box Brothers. Uh, and I thought, God, that's going to be heavy. And then what we're going to do with it afterwards? And so I had this great idea of, of, of buying in a cardboard theatrical one. And then I saw the weather and I so I spent the Friday night uh, with a tin of varnish, putting about six it. layers of varnish on this coffin, and it just about got round the march before it collapsed. It's like a papier mache by the end of the days, eh? And if you remember, the, the march I think we did uh, when we played Fleetwood was That's awful. That's the one when it absolutely yeah. tipped it Awful. Down, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've not, been, we've not done... I, don't th- I think JD1 was all right, but I don't... Re- and JD three, but um, generally, any time we did any form of protest, it was awful weather. So it was, it was really nice. The, the sun seemed to be shining on us. Yeah, didn't it cleared it? up, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the game itself, um, Matt. What were you, what were your emotions as you were, walked into that stadium for the first time? Um, who, who, who I was I was in I was in the north. I think Nick was, was at the say, bottom who, of the who north. Did you sit and, with? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in the north with um, my usual suspects, yeah. if you will. There's a dozen of us. And we used to be in uh, the north prior to... You took quite high up, didn't you? A few years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're in the west and the north. We sort of split it between us. So, um, yeah, we were, we were pretty much right at the back. And then, um, you know, it's, it's funny, really. There's 16,000 people there. And, you know, we're all buying random tickets. And, you know, there's a lad in the gym who I was only talking to 24 hours earlier. He wasn't a, you know, I think he's a regular-ish sort of... a a guy who goes there and he obviously has work commitments on a Saturday. <coughs> Lone Bill is sat next to me and we were having a chat and all the rest of it. And I was just ready about 10 minutes before kick-off and bloody Oggy comes with his drum <laughs> literally two seats to the left of us. I thought, oh, this is going to get really noisy, this even noisier and noisier. But it was it was absolutely belting atmosphere. It, w- it was the best atmosphere I've encountered probably at Bloomfield Road. I think probably ever. Ever. Ever, really. I would go further than that and say it's one of the best atmospheres I've... The only, the only the only games I can ever recall where the atmosphere was anywhere near as good as that was in uh, Euro 96 at Wembley. Yeah, and, it's definitely away from... And, and, Bloomfield and, Road type of Literally, because yeah. it was just incessant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah um, it was. It was non-stop. And, um, you know, then... You know, then there's a football match to play, obviously. It's sort of... It's almost second nature, given what else is going on, really. Um, and within 10 minutes, the ball was just bouncing all over the place. I don't think there was one pass put together. And, 
you know, reality was sort of like biting <laughs> Welcome a bit. to League yeah, One. I was like, hang on, it's a bit yeah. shit, this, isn't it? <laughs> That's right, yeah. And you, you're, you're, you're trying to see names on the backs of shirts yeah. and Who's that? no idea, you know, and you're shouting at them like they're, you know, number six, and you're, like, you're a dog track or something, <laughs> you don't know what they're. So it was, um, it was a bit messy for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Game sort of settled down a bit then, but, you know, the playing conditions were, were pretty awful. The pitch we know is, is in such a state. That he was never going to be conducive to. Well, the day before, if you'd seen what there was state a lot of standing it was in the water, before, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Gary, the uh, the groundsman, he, he stayed at the ground overnight, so that when the heavy rain came in, he went and put the covers on. Yeah, and then as soon as the rain, because you know he could forecast when it's coming in, and then take them off as soon as it stops. And, yeah, and and that that saved the game because yeah. I, I was really worried at one point that it wasn't going to be on. Mm. And to be honest, if we'd had the if we'd had the weather that we came on Sunday morning. When it tipped it down all morning, I think it would definitely have been off. Yeah. Well, I was I was down on the Sunday helping out, and yeah, there was there was standing water from eighteen yards to the touchline. Basically, yeah. there was no way it would have been played. Covers or no covers, I'm sure it would have seeped through somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah and obviously, you know, I don't know what minute Southend scored him, but that sort of you know proverbial party pooper type of yeah, situation. It was yeah, it was fairly early on, wasn't it? And you know, hear all these things about with a decent defence and all this sort, and you know, pretty much their first corner, I think, probably. And it was a fairly straightforward ball. Yeah, he lost his man, didn't he? Nobody on the post, mm. and it was one nil down, and that was. I, I was listening. Yeah, I was he, immediately, like it never happened. Fans were straight up. Oh, if anything, it got louder. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a oh, brilliant reaction. It was, yeah. it was brilliant reaction. I was, I was just going to say, I got um, someone sent me this little link where you can listen to the radio and they were saying uh, what you just said Matt about the, the marking on the back post when they got the second goal they were saying right just put someone on the back post this time and, like, and exactly the same thing happened so it's, it's strange isn't it that it's like not on vogue it's, that kind of thing anymore no it doesn't seem to be that you know I don't know why it's it's obviously something they, they work on in training but it's you know it's manager to manager club to club they just have different Sort of get him told, Tim. Get him told. Get him out. Yeah. <laughs> Players on the post. I, I always had somebody on the back post when I was coaching. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm it. probably a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to uh, I mean, football J- coaching. With respect, Jay Spearing is not going to outjump anybody, really, is he? I don't think he did much on Saturday in, during open play of that, so you can at least put one person on the post. But, but we turned it round, didn't we? Um, cometh uh, our cometh man, Armand, Angela, Nick, uh, I've seen the goal and it looked pretty impressive. Yeah, it was a decent finish. I mean, he's obviously our, he's our top scorer, isn't he? And, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think he gets knocked off the ball a bit too easily, but then I think he's got something about him. He probably needs a bit more help up there with him. I um, thought he was isolated quite a yeah. lot. I think the wide, I think the Feeney and Del yeah. Ponso, if they were playing as a front three, they were miles apart from him. So even when he yeah, was winning, he was a bit on his own. They were 20, 30 yards off him. Yeah. So. And like like you said, Tim, at Accrington, he got a bit of a kick in. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great finish. Um, right, I was on the front row. I was about to say, where were you, Nick? Right, literally behind the goal, row A in the north, uh, right next to where the South End fans were. Um, so yes, I had a great view of it, and uh, I'd actually missed their goal. Um, but yeah, brilliant finish. Really what, good. what? So obviously, you're very close to South End fans. How? 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 What, what was? What, they spent a lot, a lot of they, it. How did they take it all in? What was I think their... they were a bit bewildered. A lot really? of them. Every time I looked around, there was quite a few of them just filming the the North Stand in the crowd. Because obviously, for them, it's. You know, I said outside the Excelsior. Imagine if you're a South End fan and you you didn't know what had gone on at Blackpool, yeah. and you've mm-hmm. turned up. You'd be thinking they're a bit keen. This lot, <laughs> <laughs> you 
you know, like, oh, they've come to see South End, <laughs> the Battle of the Seasiders. Um, you know, there was a few in fan- few lads in fancy dress and stuff. I think they had about was it three or four hundred there. Um, but they'll have probably never seen an atmosphere like that either because it, it it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So, yeah, probably a bit intimidating for them, but you know, it was uh, say a, a decent equaliser. Who wants to go, on, go through the, uh, the second goal for Southend? Almost the party pooping. Tim, do you want to? Yeah, well, I, I didn't get the, I didn't get the best view of it from the halfway line, but he just seemed to loop over. Um, I think he just caught it perfectly, didn't he? And like I say, we've we've nobody on the line. Way a bit, didn't yeah. he? Really? I don't everybody, think everybody seemed to stop and watch it. Mm. And yeah. I think they all thought maybe they thought it was going over, but uh, and it just uh, drops in on the on the near left side. It's a very it, odd goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I've not I've actually not seen it on a playback so. Um, it just all I remember is this sort of loop it, looping yes. cross shot um, that just dropped into the empty mm. goal with nobody, nobody within about five yards of it. Um, so it was a, it, it took the wind out of ourselves because I actually thought we'd, we'd you know, we, we looked, we'd looked um, towards the end of the first half like we were taking charge a bit, and and it really, and if if there was a, one point in the game where the atmosphere flattened a little. It was after that um, for about fifteen twenty minutes because um, we, 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 the game was very bitty and there was nothing much happening and we didn't have a lot a lot of shots on target from what I can recall um, and you almost feel like it's the occasion might have got to the players a little mm-hmm. bit maybe um, because does of, the state of the pitch happen uh, so well, so affect things I mean do, do we well, play it, oh, yeah, does yeah. this team play football well I I don't think we're massively creative I think. For me, in the midfield, Spearing needs somebody alongside him who's creative because he'll be there all day to get the ball. What about Jimmy Ryan? Um, What's happened to him? I think he's injured, injured isn't he? Injured, yeah. yeah he, hasn't, he hasn't played once this season, has he? If he has, it's, yeah. it must be like literally the odd game. Um, and, um, you know, he, he, whatever the nature of the injury is, there doesn't seem to be any suggestion he's coming back any time soon. No, no. Sorry, doing, sorry, Nick. Anyway, just to, sorry. Yeah, and, I mean, and uh, Fonz did okay. Um, but I think it's... I think we're more hard working and grinding out results rather than being, you know, spectacular and 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 rolling teams over three or four nil. So, and when you've got a pitch like that again, it doesn't help because you you need two touches just to control it. So, I mean, there was times when Delfonso and uh, Fina were running down respective mm. wings, and obviously the ball was sort of bobbling over the knees and shins and all the rest yeah, of it, and they had doesn't to stop make it easy, it, you know. And, it, and I don't think they were getting much help from their fullbacks either they weren't really pushing forward and helping them out mm. and I don't know whether that's a pitch thing or whether that's just you know we'll just have a solid back four and then let the other guys do it but there wasn't a lot of creativity there but the pitch doesn't help no and, and this comes back to lack of investment because of course, yeah. to be to be fair to Gary he's, he's um, you know they say a bad woman blames his tools but he's actually got a right to blame his tools Absolutely. because he hasn't got any yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the ideas actually that um, uh, 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 that Neil Holden came up with because he was he'd been helping him a bit uh, on the Friday was that you know what could we do to make your job easier? And he's given us an idea of that. And I think we need to get the fans groups together and just say would it would it be quite a good idea to try and fundraise for that and mm. get it, and you know get it. I don't I don't want the fans to have to feel like they have to fundraise all the time, but I think it would be a nice little gesture just to get things moving because um, the players deserve a decent pitch and um, we, we, we need to deal with that, in my view, and soon, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. I, I heard on uh, Gary, Gary Luce saying um, in some interview that part of the south-west corner is 
the pitch is laid on top of concrete, so there's like about three inches of topsoil, and that's why it never drains away. So you, if you, apparently if you put your fork into it, you hit the concrete. That's unbelievable. Um, so that's that, going to that, gonna have to get dug up then. And that's it? the area that the covers were on. on yeah. if, you, if you saw any pictures, the covers were on that on Friday night, mm. and that was the area where he was particularly focusing on getting the covers on and off. I, I, I actually went, because um, <clears throat> after the muckers had laid their, uh, their square bits of um, tangerine paper, um, some of them blew over at night, and I, I, I was walking around the pitch, I thought I'll pick some of them up, and I got not the bit just off the pitch, I put my foot there, and it just sunk into mud, and uh, that was off the pitch, to be fair, um, and on the pitch it was slightly better. But it's it's there's a real real problem there. I don't know whether it's I don't know whether there's a broken drain or whether it is this con- this lump of concrete. But why would there be a lump of concrete under the pitch? It's probably they probably just chucked the old south stand in it's there. The old, it's they? the old world money. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the chest. <laughs> Quick, get it dug up. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where that could have come from because I mean the pitch got moved slightly, but but not significantly. But maybe it's something linked to that because it is that particular just about. And I've never realised how bad it was until you actually get really right, close to it right. on, on a day when it's raining it's awful yeah, that, and that, that has to be a priority in close season you can't do anything at the moment it's just no. No, I think impossible just, I think we've just got to grin and bear the pitch situation haven't we for the next few home games whatever's left and then like you said the hard work starts in the summer on it and yeah. hopefully Gary will get some um, you know backing from whoever to uh, to do his job. I mean, the pitch was fa- it was fabulous at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, it looked really good. And it, they always do, though, don't they? But uh, then it, it's it's like you say, having the tools to to maintain it. Mm. You know, when it when it's poured down, and you go through that period in winter, and if you don't if you don't have the right tools, the, the guy's not a miracle worker, is he? There's only so much. You could be the best groundsman in the world, but if you've not got the right and that, no. that, Stuff and that day particular day. corner as well does not get a lot of sun. I think no. it gets a little bit of sun in the morning. But as soon as the sun goes over the yard arm, it's it's in it's mm. in shade. And mm. so normal cl- clubs have these grow lamps, don't they? On I think they're in the club somewhere, aren't Are they? they? Under the have we got? Some? I'm sure I've heard um, somebody mentioned that on Sunday that they've seen them I, I around. Would, I would guess they're not working. But I would think you're probably right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's, just going back to the game then. Mm. Um, so it was devoid of quality by by all accounts. Um, the game was petering out. What was the atmosphere like in the kind of the final five minutes? Was there any expectation to get another goal? Do you think? Well, we had a shot, didn't we, not long before that got tipped over. Um, yeah. Decent save by their keeper, and obviously I they think, had a one-on-one as well, didn't they? Yeah, and then we saved. were pushing forward, and mm. obviously that's turned out to be crucial. I was right behind that, and it was mm. a it was a brilliant save. He stood up well because is it Simon Cox? Simon Cox, forward? yeah, he's, decent he's a decent him. finisher mm. at you know at, at League One level. Um, and obviously it made all the difference because we went up the other end, got the corner, and I couldn't really, I didn't realise it was an own goal. Uh, no, I didn't There was a lot either. of people stood in front of us making their way out by yeah. then, so I've just seen the the flick on and then, uh, you know, seen it hit the back of the net. And, uh, it seems to go in slow motion. It did, didn't it? Yeah. It did. Time stood still for a second. And obviously, um, again, I didn't realise a lot of people had gone onto the pitch because there was people in front of us kind of stood up on the mm. um, the bit of the fence behind the, uh, behind the goal, and then when it cleared, you'd, you know, you saw everybody running it, it about. Was, it was actually one um, one thing you can take plaudits on was the, the the scoreboard that you mentioned earlier was the fact it's the only scoreboard I've seen in the country that the clock keeps going after ninety minutes. Yeah, it doesn't have to forty five, bizarrely. No, uh, oh right, it doesn't. <laughs> I didn't didn't have to, the first no, it didn't half. have to forty five. It stopped dead on forty five. But when you go on to ninety, it carries on, yeah, which is great. But, but they all stop, don't they? At ninety mm. minutes, generally speaking, and then you haven't got a clue how much is times left. So I made my way down, and it was like literally like five seconds before yeah. 95, 55, whatever it was on the clock. 
and I was down there waiting and then the goal went in and I just thought I think we're going to be unlucky if they score in one second now I've got I've got an, I've got an engagement to go to I've got to I've got to leg it out so I managed to leg it out but um I let pandemonium and stew behind me which but I sort of still had that ready black sort of glow as I left the yeah. <laughs> the 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 the, uh, the stadium it was it's it was like great. my work, my work yeah. here is yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as soon as the goal went in, then were people on the pitch? Is it- well, yeah, I think mainly from the east initially, was it, or the yeah. southeast it's corner. corner? It's that corner um, where you go out in that tunnel yeah. and where people from the east and people from the south. Yeah. And I think that's what caused it in that yeah. people were actually Stood milling around. The pitch, yeah. And then it was just euphoria. Yeah. And then obviously following on from that, I think there was a... A, a few started a, to go on, didn't they? A few, they? few then... from the north as well. Yeah. So there's quite a few on the pitch at one point. But, um, you know, the game didn't restart and... We'll have to see what was, the referee. Oh, was that it? Game over. Well, there was it was there was a bit of confusion. I think they asked the managers didn't managers didn't they, they wanted to restart. And yeah, there was I, only seconds left. I, I think literally it was the last kick of the game right. anyway. And and the referee at the end of the day said um, uh, that he'd blown the whistle and and took them off. And so it was a bit for one minute, two minutes. We didn't quite, we weren't quite sure what was happening. This was the period when the uh, the defender who scored the own goal was kicking the concrete. <laughs> in, in, in. I think we going to start headbutting at one point. Maybe we should get him to kick the concrete in the southwest corner. So dig it up, see how mate. Have a kick of that. Because obviously they're, they're just above the relegation zone, so it would have oh, been yeah. a really, really big uh, three points yeah. for them. And, and you, you sat there and you're sort of reconciling the, the result, thinking, well, the main thing is we're back and the result doesn't really matter. But the reality is it does. It does, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. And, it actually, and it actually has taken us one point, because mm. of all the other results, one point clear um, nearer to hitting the playoff zone. So it was. It, it could, at the end of the season, be a very, very important goal yeah. for us yeah. and them. So the the actual pitch invasion itself. I mean, we've seen we've seen this weekend of the Grealish thing yesterday, which yeah. is outrageous, and we've seen some, was it Man City game, and there was one up in Scotland, Arsenal, Arsenal, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Sorry, Man United. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, very different circumstances. Yeah. It just it doesn't help, does it, when that's happened, and then the, the next day there's a couple more. I mean. It, it was exuberance and, and that was it and you'd like to think they'd see it in that light. Um, obviously, we've got the, the Accrington bottle situation as well. Um, the, you know, we'll see whether we get a fine for it, maybe. Was there an official FA line uh, came out today? Yeah, so, I think that... But, I think well, they're basically, so they're just going to investigate it. I don't think they've yeah, played it. I saw it in the Gazette, but yeah. that's about as much as we yeah. know. But, you know, hopefully the fact that the game had, had effectively finished and it was a rather... It was an unusual occasion. Mm. It was euphoria... It wasn't nothing sinister. Nothing sinister. It's not going to happen it. again, is it? You know, because no. we're not going to be in that situation again, where you know it's built up over four years, and you, you get mm. a ninety-six minute equaliser. I just wonder whether um, thinking about the ultras end or whatever, you know, at football grounds and um, you know standing up in grounds and stuff like that. Obviously, being in a seated stadium takes a lot of that opportunity to be euphoric away from you in a way, doesn't it? Because you used to back in the day, you used to bounce around a little bit more mm. and all that sort of carry on, and it's as if there's well, what else do I, some people might just not know what to do and just spill out sort of thing. And I'm not saying that's the right thing or the reason why they did it, but you just think if they were a bit more terrorist type mm. of yeah. environment, they might well, be able to standing, sort of, Yeah, yeah, yeah be, I mean, at the, we, we're stuck at the moment unless there's a legislation change because um, once you convert to an all-seater stadium, you can't convert back. Um, if you've had the rules a bit complicated, if you've been in the championship for three years or more, a bit so, nearer the back, Tim. So Shrewsbury um, have been able to convert to course, safe standing yeah. because they haven't been in the championship yeah, yeah, for three yeah. years, uh, and I think it's been um, a relative success. I've not seen it myself. Uh, Sam 
has been down there as part of the media team at Fleetwood and said it's a great a great experience, improves the atmosphere, but you can only imagine what what the um the Blackpool fans would, would make of th- that type of area. It could it, it could be real carnival stuff yeah. every week. It's certainly something that I think a lot of people are sort of clamouring for now. There's a you know, obviously after the success of Saturday and the sort of general sort of starvation of football and they see other teams like Shrewsbury and loads of obviously on the continent that they do this sort of stuff, you know, there's there's probably a bit of uh, momentum in that regard. I mean, whether there's an opportunity Well the good, the good thing is with a with a sea of change around the club at the moment, we, we have a voice now well, and our voices are being heard unlike the previous yeah, regime. Yeah. I was gonna say people are obviously more re- receptive to ideas and if even if they just get to the first point then that's one point further than they got to yeah, I mean just as an example what I was able to do last night um, when I finished a, a day in you know, my day job uh, I got home I basically with a little with some feedback from BST and, and also looking through the forums about what had been good and what had been not so good um, I was able to put a bit of a critique together a constructive critique, uh, critique send it into the other board members today and say, look, these are things that we can perhaps work on. We work, but we were working at ultimate stress test levels, as I said mm. before, you know. Right. And 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 if we cope with that, hopefully we can we can actually give a better match experience to everybody when we're not quite under the same amount of pressure. I mean, I'd love for that number of fans to be in the stadium every week. The reality is that's not realistically going to happen. Um, and so, hopefully, the queues at the um, the bars and whatever will be will be lessened, but we do need to look to look at solutions because, mm. again, from a purely commercial level, when you've got that fifteen minute uh, window of opportunity to sell um, between quarter four and five past four, whatever it might be, you want you don't want people turning away thinking I, I can't be bothered because I'm not going to get one. Yeah, exactly. Well, if they want two beers, you want to be able to serve them two beers. So you know, I'm hoping you know we can look at some of the ideas that we've seen at FC United, we see in Germany, we see other grounds. And try and make sure that we incorporate some of them at Blackpool, because um, you know losing the seasiders bar does put a lot more pressure on the kiosk, mm. uh, particularly mm. in the south, in the south yeah. end. And the, the the problem in the north would be there anyway. And we need to look for a solution there. And we, for me, Accrington was a great example of an easy solution. Just stick somebody in a booth with a load, with a load of bottles uh, and have them selling them at you know four for a tenner, whatever it mm. might be. Mm. And keep the thing moving. Mm. Keep people away from the queues unless they want a poured pint, or unless they want some food. Yeah. And we may, maybe we can look at having some other kiosks that sell chocolate for the kids or whatever, so they yeah, don't yeah. have to queue up all the yeah. time. There's different things we can look at. Um, they're not all going to happen overnight. No. And, and maybe some of them again are for the new owner. But we'll keep pumping the ideas in there. Some of them will be taken up, hopefully. Cool. I think we're we're on an hour now, so let's just very quickly run through um, the, all the bits of news we've got. Uh, Gary Brabin's left the club. That was a bit of a shock. Uh, wasn't there on Saturday, and uh, he's just left for personal reasons. So a, a big a big loss. Yeah, well, I guess so because he's um, seemingly worked well with the uh, manager and players, mm. and um, I, I know that Mick Phillips was um, on the radio earlier on, or at least interviewed, and said that he would like somebody or prefers possibly to. I've worked with somebody that he's worked with before, which I looked at his sort of CV earlier on, and he's only been at us in Blackburn, apart from a few non-league clubs. So I don't know how whether Gary Bowie is going to come back or Get what. Tomo. I don't know, but yeah, bring Tom Gary, home. Gary Bowie's at um, Bradford. Gone to Bradford, he? hasn't he? Bradford well, manager. So. They won three 0 didn't they? Yeah, and he'll have taken obviously his the rest of his 
staff with him, I would have yeah. thought. So, so I don't, obviously, it's, it's a, a bit of a shock, I suppose. It's uh, just that when everything seems to be going so well, you know, it's uh, it's odd timing, but... At least it's not Personal the reasons, like you say, um, isn't it? So. Yeah, so we've also got uh, the Doncaster game tomorrow. Um, thoughts on that, if it's on at all. I mean, it's going to be really bad weather, so let's hope the game's on. Yeah, and it's a bit of a big one, isn't it? Because they're... Just above us, yeah. Six are they? Fifth? Six three points. Yeah, we can overtake them, can't yeah, we? Three by points. two. Yeah. You have to be by two clear goals. I think so. Yeah, and they're, they're, I noticed their top scorers out, so that'll is he help Marquis? Us. Yeah, so he's out. So, um, but there's uh, I looked at the Met forecast earlier, and looks uh, horrendous. I think we're in the eye of the storm. Aren't yeah. uh, Fifty mile an hour gusts. Uh, I, know, I know the stadium protects you to a degree, but that's not ideal because they, they had um, forty mile an hour gusts on Saturday morning when I was first got to the club. And it and it, it was unpleasant. Mm. Uh, so if it's if it's any higher than that tomorrow, then it isn't going to make for a. It's not going to be a game for the purists. No, think. no, no. I think we've been um, educated already into those last two games, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll ease into a third. But one. it's just good to be able to go to another game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. It's good exactly. to be talking yeah. football. And be talking well, football, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the EFL uh, deferred the points deduction. And Tim, can you shed any light on? I what think was I think, said there, I think um, the inkling of what's going to happen. I didn't there? go. Um, uh, Mike and Ben went, um, and I, I think that their focus seems to be on wanting to know that Blackpool's on a firm financial footing. Um, I mean, I've been quite vocal in in saying that I don't think that there should be a deduction because it's extraordinary circumstances. It's not what the rule was introduced for. It was it was it was introduced to deal with. Um, uh, ostensibly teams who were overspending who were chasing promotion chasing cup glory and then leaving trade creditors unsecured creditors that were significantly out of pocket we've seen a whole host of clubs have done that um, and, and the points deduction is, is rightly there as a disincentive to that but nobody in football I don't think could possibly say that Blackpool have benefited in any shape or form um, so that's one big thing, uh, and the second big thing, uh, from my perspective, is the, is the fact that um, um, that I don't believe that there'll be any significant issues in relation to trade creditors. Um, uh, we've, the main creditor is Valerio Bellicon, and he's secured in relation to the totality of his debt. So it's not just against the football assets; it's against all the Oyston assets. And I think I think he's him and his team are reasonably comfortable that there's there's enough there to make sure that they make a full collection. So um, our, our focus as a board is to, is to, as I said before, to steady the ship. Um, it's very, very important uh, from our perspective that people do come back each and every game, put money in the coffers, because we this will all be part of cash flow projections. What, you know, I'm guessing what we've got to do at the moment, but I can think we're going to have to produce projections as regards income outgoings, etc., mm. and go to them and say, we are running this, um, in the black, uh, and that will, that in my view, will clearly um, influence the decision because right, they have so, got right. discretion. We you know it's not Blackpool that's gone into receivership; it's the properties company. And um, so it's vital that we all keep spending. Then exactly, exactly. I mean, it, you know, we, we've 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 saved up a lot of money. I'd like to think over the last four years, yeah. whether we spent yeah. most of it on holidays, whatever mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Um, but you know, we need to get back into the habit of spending and. Whether that whether that's by treating yourself to some hospitality, whether that's by going and buying some gear in the shop, which I did the other day for my um, my granddad football tonight, I was sporting Blackpool gear for the first time in <laughs> God knows how long. Yeah, and um, uh, and just and just making sure you come to the games and you you buy a golden gamble, you buy a pint, whatever whatever it yeah. is, mm. but spend some money. 
Have you been playing football this evening then? Yeah. No, you're a machine. He's a machine. <laughs> I, 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 I dived out 10 minutes earlier. To be honest, the way I played, I think I should have dived out after about 10 minutes after starting um, just to make sure I could get here. But uh, there's a fair lot. There's a fair few off AVFTT go down and it's, it's, it's good fun to be fun, yeah, fair. walking football. Um, not much walking going on. It seems to be uh, the. the, the uh, can, you, can you actually run then? Well, the defi- that... definition of what constitutes running and walking is a little bit blurred. Right. What time's kickoffs normally? Uh, six o'clock, and I think they, they do it on Monday night down at um, play football. All right. And a uh, great bunch of guys, and uh, and I think they're going to start on a Thursday, Thursday session on in April. Do you have to be in your fifties or? Can no, anyone... I think they're fairly relaxed. I, I think they sort of say over thirty-five. You know, I mean, they're, they're, no, I'm gonna get myself down there. Where should go? Shall we? Dust our uh, yeah. boots off, John. Yeah. Uh, everybody looks like Robocop because yeah. <laughs> you've got there's more lycra and bandages and uh, it's, it's, it's quite funny but um, yeah there's, there's a good crowd down there and it, there's no pressure yeah. on anybody for that. you can do as much and, but there's some good footballers as well there's some lads who've played at a really decent level so um, and you know if you like it and you're good enough you can move forward to playing the competitive teams but this is just turn up and have a kick about. Sounds good. Free first week. So there's a bargain for you. And four quid a week after that. So oh, yeah. a little I... plug for them there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so just to wrap up now, um, I don't know if we should discuss this. I don't know why I'm the negative, but did anyone see Ian Holloway on Quest TV on the uh, on the championship roundup? Yeah, I saw it. And it was actually a very good feature, um, that little bit aside, where he mentioned that Carl, Carl Oyston was, was part of it. Um, he says he's, he deserves a lot of credit, didn't he? I can't remember the exact words, but I remember saying something along. It, well, I was swearing at the telly, put it that way. Um, <laughs> but Colin Murray did a fantastic oh, piece. Well, he really put him in his place. Though. And did you see the the piece he wrote in the Metro last mm, week? That's probably the the best article mm. I've read about our situation, and you know, just the level of understanding that you know the guy's not a Blackpool fan, but. He gets it. Mm. It was it was absolutely fantastic, and he's he's championed our course for a long time. And you know, m- there was a very very good feature. You know, right at the start, they talked about us. They finished on Blackpool. It was absolutely brilliant. He, he Colin Murray was there. Do you remember we got to the Premier League? And um, was it? I think he was working for Five Live at the time. He did right? that in the, in we, corporate. Yeah, we went to. Yeah, yeah, we went there. And he was. He was like sticking up for Blackpool, wasn't he? Saying people are saying they're the worst, the smallest club ever, and they've got a ramshackle stadium. He said this, this stadium's great, so yeah, he was a he was a big bonus for us, wasn't he? Yeah, and the thing is with Ian Holloway, I don't, I don't get why why is he saying these things. Mm. He's, he's always been quite contrary, I think, yeah. hasn't he? And and he stuck. He'll up probably for, say something different. He next stuck week. up for Carl. I mean, when I think when a few fans were having a go at Carl's spending habits. Yeah. Uh, even before Cesar got mm. going, he stuck up for him and said something along the lines of, "If you don't like it, don't, don't come." come. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, which is a very that. bizarre thing for a football manager to yeah. say to the, the fans who ordinarily Ultimate, ultimately want, pay his wages. Yeah. Uh, so he has a bit. Of, he has a bit of form for that, and uh, I think with AE and you, you take the rough with the smooth. Mm. I think, and uh, uh, his. Um, his relationship with Carl, I think, was a quite a complicated one. Yeah. Obviously, although, obviously, ultimately broke down, but he, he clearly respected him. Well, although he did give him the opportunity to come back into football, didn't he? So I suppose he's got a lot to, sort of, for Carl to be grateful yeah. for, really, in that regard, because he was a bit sort of in the wilderness doing his mm. chicken coops and yeah. all that sort of carry-on, wasn't he? I think I'm going to change this uh, change this theme song anyway, then, on the back of that. <laughs> I think I'll get Higgy to do us an updated version of the Nolans or something. <laughs> so, right, anyway, we'll, we'll wrap things up now. We've gone over. An hour and ten we're on um, 
Tim, fantastic, really good information. Thanks, thanks for everything you do. Anyway, you know, joking aside, you were you were here. Well. Four, four tickets. <laughs> yeah, but, but if we don't get those tickets, you're not coming on ever again. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll the East do. <laughs> Any um, will do. Can I have Owen's old seat? <laughs> right, thanks for coming, Matt. You're welcome. No thanks, problem. Tim. Thank you. Thanks, Nick, and all the rest. My pleasure. Is. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for watching on the live stream. And in de toi, rock the pool. Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.